Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 11. What a great verse. Would you stand with me as we read God's word? These are the words of Jeremiah. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Let's pray together. Father, we claim these words today. We seek your mercy in this world, but also your justice. We acknowledge your sovereignty and your power, your authority over all mankind. We pray that you would soften our hearts today to your word and your purpose in our life. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Did you know that according to Wikipedia, 71.7% of Ukrainians claim Christianity as their religion? Did you know that? 71.7% of Ukrainians claim Christianity as their religion. Comparatively, only 65% of Americans considers themselves Christians. That is, more Ukrainians statistically identify as Christians than Americans do. So as a believer, if we thought this is a distance war that does not have much to do with us, then we couldn't be more wrong. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. So through Christ, we have a connection with Ukrainians that transcends borders, politics, or distance. Today, they are our brothers and sisters in Christ who are fighting for their lives and for many today are dying or will die in the days to come. So this morning's message is for them. Now it applies to all of you and all of us, but specifically I would like to give them encouragement in the midst of the chaos around them. I don't know that any of them will ever hear this message. But I want to offer our prayers as support as they fight for their lives. So today's message is entitled, A Prayer for Ukraine. Astonishingly, I saw in the news this morning that last night the comedy program Saturday Night Live, which I do not watch and do not recommend, actually did something right for a change. They opened their show with a statement of support for Ukraine by having a Ukrainian choir come and perform. And the name of the song that the choir performed is A Prayer for Ukraine. Isn't that amazing? Now, I'd already planned and written this message when I came across that this morning. Now, a show, if a show as pagan as Saturday Night Live can pray for Ukraine, then surely, how much more should we as actual believers be praying for the citizens of Ukraine? Not just for the 71.7%, but for all of them. I know if we were in a war, we had been attacked. I would hope that our Christian brothers and sisters around the world would be praying for us. So this morning, in a mindset of prayer, I want to share with you three reasons the Christians of Ukraine can rejoice even in the midst of a terrible, unwarranted war. Number one, 
The believers in Ukraine have the greatest military might the world has ever seen. The believers in Ukraine, not all Ukrainians, but the believers in Ukraine have the greatest military might the world has ever seen. I remind you that after crossing the Red Sea to safety, the Israelites looked back at the debris that was floating on the Red Sea, that what was left of the chariots of their enemies and the bodies of their enemies that were just minutes ago a formidable and fearful presence. And they no sooner saw this than Moses and the Israelites, they sat down and they wrote a hymn and began to sing this hymn. And the Bible actually says that Moses, I don't think of Moses as an 80-something-year-old man, as a particularly gifted singer. I don't know why I don't think of him as a singer. He was an introvert, and introverts don't sing very loud typically. But he started singing. Moses started singing, the Bible said, along with all the Israelites. And here's the song that they sang. This is Exodus chapter 15, verse, six, uh, verse 3. The Lord is a warrior. Now, does that sound familiar? That's what Jeremiah said. He called God a great warrior or actually more literally a dread warrior. It's the only time in the Bible that term is used. And it's used to God. It's, it's a reference to God as the ultimate warrior. And here Moses and the Israelites are singing this to God. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots in his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sink to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. The enemy boasted, I will pursue. I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty water, murky, mighty waters. So this is a beautiful song, is it not? Now I get it doesn't rhyme that much as songs go, but it's a great song. Notice nowhere in the song did it say, you know, between God's help and our mighty forces, we were able to defeat the enemy. The Israelites had no forces. They were slaves just a day or two earlier, or a week earlier. As far as we know, they don't have a single sword or spear among them. They're completely helpless from a military point of view. They only had one thing going for them. They had an all-powerful, sovereign God that was willing to intervene, and that's all they needed. All they had to do was stand there and watch the miracle. So my prayer this week for Ukraine is that the Christians of Ukraine and all the peoples of the earth will watch a miracle happen, that God will intervene. That God will take these people who have the same attitude that the Egyptians had. The Egyptians arrogantly said, the enemy boasted. It says, I will pursue, I will overtake them, I will divide the spoils, I will gorge myself on them. As those leaders in Russia right now are thinking the same thing, we're just going to take it. And the Ukrainians don't have the military ability to overcome Russia or the Russian military. 
but their God can. In fact, all of Putin's nuclear weapons combined mean nothing in the face of an all-powerful God. So I pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine that our God, our warrior, will sweep through Ukraine, through Moscow, and through the Russian government and bring justice to the aggressor, mercy to the afflicted, and victory to believers everywhere. There's a song sung by Lauren Daigle called Rescue. It's one of my favorite songs. In fact, Roxanne has sung it here before. And I, I, you know, I don't normally mention this. When Roxanne or, or I or Chris, we come to work on Sunday mornings, if we're not feeling too good, well, that's just too bad. You, you just pray for mercy and move forward. And Roxanne has a cold. You might have heard her. She was unusually raspy this morning, which is nice style. <laughs> she came in early this morning into my office and she said, I have a cold. <laughs> and I thought, oh, good, you can sing bass. <laughs> but here are the words or some of the words of this song by Lauren Daigle. And, and you may know them well. Before I read them, this is a song, as she describes, Lauren describes, is from the perspective of God. And she realized that sometimes we need to be rescued and no one can really rescue us except God. That God loves us, he's sovereign and he cares for us and he will rescue us. Here are the, here are the words or some of the words. You are not hidden there's never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless. Though you have been broken, your innocence stolen, I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS. I hear the whisper underneath your breath. I hear you whisper that you have nothing left. I will send out an army to find you. In the middle of the darkest night. It's true. I will rescue you. I will never stop marching to reach you. In the middle of the hardest fight. It's true. I will rescue you. Now here in a bit. We're going to have an opportunity to pray. For Ukraine. And that's a vital part of the prayer. That I'm asking you to pray. That God will intervene. And rescue them. Secondly, I want the citizens and the believers in Ukraine to know that they have unparalleled prosperity. They may not feel like it. Many will not believe it. But there is a prosperity that they have in God. You see, there's a difference between God's riches and the world's riches. And for example, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, it says it this way. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Is that not true? Yeah, gas prices going up to, well, they'll probably be $4 a gallon in the next week, mark my words. But that's just the beginning. There will be global implications from this war. The least of which is here. The worst of which will be in Ukraine. It says, 
but to put their hope in God. Listen to this part. Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I love that last part. It tells us what's true prosperity. Our prosperity doesn't come from gold or silver or fine things. It comes from knowing God and the mercy that he has through Christ. And then it says, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You know, I, I assure you, Putin thinks he's living large right now. He's not living the real life. He's not living a life that's truly life because he's going to die sooner or later. He's going to go to judgment and to, before his maker, as everyone will go before their maker. And he's going to find out that being president means nothing to God. He's going to find out that having that military might means nothing to God. He's going to find out that his reputation and his ego mean nothing to God. For the leader in North Korea, I, I always call him Sun Young Moon, but that's a different guy. That's a cult leader. Do you remember him? Older people, you remember him? I would want that guy to know, the leader in North Korea, to know that his giant statues mean nothing to God. That he doesn't take a single breath and his heart doesn't beat a single time were it not for the mercy of God. For the leader in China, if he thinks that he is a super uh, power a superpower economically or militarily in his abuse of Christians and his imprisonment of people in the church and pastors in the church, he's going to find out sooner or later that his great might and his economic power and military power mean nothing before God. And so I want the people to, of Ukraine to know that real food, real blessing, real provision comes from God. Often in war, people go hungry. Pray that God gives the Ukrainian people the food that they need also to sustain them. Acts chapter 14, verse 17 says this, Yet he has not left himself without testimony, speaking of God. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. We wouldn't have a single thing to eat if it were not for the mercy of God. And we pray that during this time that their families and their children would not starve from a lack of provision. Next, I want to join with you in praying for the Ukrainian people for their health and their healing in two ways. Health and healing. One is physically. Psalm 103 verse 1 says it this way. Praise the Lord, all my soul and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love 
and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, I could talk an hour about that. Anybody could. There's a lot there. It is an amazing verse. It is a description from the psalmist that his life was once in the pit, as the people in Ukraine maybe feel like their life is in the pit today. But he begins by making this pronouncement. God has redeemed his life from the pit. And my prayer for the Ukrainians is that God would bring them out into a time of prosperity and blessing. It is praise, by the way. Praise the Lord, all my soul and all my inmost being. There is no praise that is quite as heartfelt as the praise of someone who's been redeemed from the pit. You know what it is to hit rock bottom. You have suffered. You've been in anguish. You've been in pain. And God has brought you out, has brought you through. And praise should be the result. And he says, who heals all of your diseases. And instead of disease, he crowns you with love and compassion. And so we pray that for that, for the Ukrainian people. There is this old poem that says, count your blessings instead of your crosses. Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your woes. Count your friends instead of your foes. Count your smiles instead of your tears. Count your courage instead of your fears. Count your full years instead of your lean. Count your kind deeds instead of your mean. Count your health instead of your wealth. Count on God instead of yourself. And I pray the Ukrainians will learn, as we should as well, to count on God for all that we need physically, but also spiritually. I pray for God's intervention and in in restoration and healing in their life spiritually. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. There is no wound quite like being brokenhearted. But God is the great physician physically and spiritually. Gordon Johnson, in a message entitled Finding Significance in Obscurity, wrote this. During World War I, a British commander was preparing to lead his soldiers back to battle. They'd been on furlough, and it was a cold, rainy, muddy day. This is back in World War I. Their shoulders sagged because they knew what lay ahead of them. Mud, blood, and possible death. Nobody talked. Nobody's saying it was a heavy time. As they marched along, the commander looked into a bombed out church. And in the church, he saw a figure of Christ on the cross, still there. At that moment, something happened to the commander. He remembered the one who suffered, died, and rose again. There was victory and there was triumph. As the troops marched along, he shouted out, Eyes right, march. Every eye turned to the right. And as the soldiers marched by, they saw Christ, Christ on the cross. Something happened to that company of men. Suddenly they saw triumph after suffering and they took courage. With shoulders straightened, they began to smile as they went. You see, anything worthwhile in life will be a risk that demands courage. So I pray for courage in the life 
of the Ukrainian people. And then I also pray for abundance even in war. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus spoke of this true abundance. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, which sounds a whole lot like the leader of Russia this week. His intent is to steal and kill and destroy, is it not? I came that they may have life, Jesus says, and have it abundantly. That's the beauty of Christ in his resurrection, his salvation that he offers us. You can be penniless in the middle of a war-torn nation and still have life and have it abundantly. Notice there's no political, social, or economic condition in this verse. True abundance comes from a single source. It comes from Christ himself. One time, the story goes, Billy Graham was driving through a small southern town and he was stopped by a policeman in charge with speeding. Graham admitted, Billy Graham admitted his guilt, which by the way, to my wife, I want you to know I'm not the only one that, that speeds in my car. Billy Graham was speeding, so there. <laughs> Billy Graham immediately admitted his guilt that he was, he was going faster than the posted speed limit, but he was told by the officer that he would have to appear in court. This was many years ago, obviously. So he went to court and the judge asked, are you guilty or not guilty? When Graham pleaded guilty, the judge replied, that'll be $10, a dollar for every mile you went over the limit. Oh, how I wish it were that way today. $10. Suddenly the judge recognized the famous evangelist. He said, you have violated the law. The fine must be paid, but I'm going to pay it for you. The judge, the judge then took a $10 bill from his own wallet, attached it to the ticket, and then took Billy Graham out for a steak dinner. <laughs> that said, uh, or that, Billy Graham said, is how God treats repentant sinners. We don't get what we deserve. We get far better. We get mercy. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says it this way, And God is able to make all grace abound in you, or to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. My prayer for the Ukrainian people this week is that God is able to make grace abound in them. What better way to pray for Ukrainians, by the way, than to hear a prayer from a Ukrainian. I'd already written this message, but I came across this prayer this morning online from a Ukrainian Christian. It's from a website entitled PrayerCast. Watch this message. Blessed be the Lord of our salvation, our fortress, our shield, our deliverer in the time of distress and trouble. We magnify your holy name on high. We praise you, our Father, and give you all of the glory. Hear our prayer, O Lord, as we pray for the country of Ukraine. Your word says, how blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. We give you praise 
for the country of Ukraine. We pray for peace in this land. We pray for your peace in the hearts of the Ukrainian people. Peace that transcends all understanding. Peace that comes from above. Protect and keep this country from war, from any conflicts and disunities, from any invasion and bloodshed, from raising weapons against brothers. Forgive us our sins, O Lord. We pray for the government, for the President, Supreme Court and Supreme Council. We pray for wisdom, justice, unity, salvation of the nation, its government, rulers, deputies, judges. Let the government rule just. Let the people seek the earnestly every morning. Rescue and deliver those who are in distress. Deliver them from evil. We pray for refugees. We pray for widows who lost their husband, husbands who lost their wives, mothers and fathers who lost their sons and daughters, orphans who lost their parents due to the war and conflicts. Comfort, comfort Ukrainian people. Help them to seek you, the only true and loving God. Help them to love in the midst of hatred. Forgive in the midst of betrayal. Unite where there is disunity. Praise be to God for the open door for the gospel of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for you are our salvation. As we live in a fallen world, only your kingdom stands forever. Help us to seek the kingdom of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generation, forever and ever. Amen. Seventy-one point seven percent. That means there are twenty-eight percent of Ukrainians who are not believers. My prayer is that God would embolden the seventy-one point seven percent, because as the bombs fall, as the gunfire is heard, I don't know what those other twenty-eight percent of people are doing. Where are they putting their faith and their trust, if not in God? This is an opportunity for the Ukrainian nation and for Ukrainian Christians to bring it from 71.8% to 100%. And we pray that God is glorified, even in the midst of war, that people will be drawn to their Savior. Pray with me. Father, we come to you today, and we want to lift up the Ukrainian nation the Ukrainian people and Ukrainian Christians. 
Not a single shot is fired that you don't see. Not a single bomb is exploded that you don't hear. Not a single plan is made that you're not aware of. It is to your sovereignty and in the name of your son that we appeal today. As we're praying, no one's looking around. Can I give you an opportunity right now to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ in the Ukraine? They would pray for you, I'm confident. Were we in a war? You pray for them, lift them up, and for the rest of those in Ukraine, that God will protect them and draw them to their Savior. Would you stand? No one's looking around. As you stand, this altar is open if you would like to come and pray. Right now you come.